the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, I want you to be focused on what God has for you tonight. I'm super excited about what God has because I'm going to sit and take notes and I'm going to soak in every word that Pastor Chad Allen is going to minister to us tonight. Give him a round of applause. Oh, y'all in trouble now. Yeah, as you can see, not many of us here. <laughs> they must have heard I was preaching. <clears throat> so, praise God. They're lost. I am thankful that Pastor asked me every now and then to do this. I'm not going to keep us long because I'm used to preaching at the Warrior Center. And uh, we have an hour meeting every night. And and uh, if you can get 20 minutes in there, you know, most of the time they're, <laughs> yeah, i got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes like daddy daycare, but it's okay. It's all right. I'm thankful. God has been good to us there. And... Uh, uh, some I, I'm really like there's one, two, three, four. There's five men in here. I'm kind of talking to us tonight, guys. But I, you can you can put you can put the ladies in there too. But I mean, most of the time, most of what I'm going to say is going to be concerning to guys. We're going to talk a little bit about Samson tonight. Um, he's in the book of Judges, anywhere from chapter 13 to 16. We're not going to read all of it or anything like that. I'll just read you part of it here in a little bit. Don't most of us like to be liked? You like to be liked when you're out amongst friends, right? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer with that then. Father, we thank you right now, Lord God, and we just ask without a shadow of a doubt that you just take over. Father, that what what is said out of my mouth comes from the throne room, that this is not opinion. I truly believe you gave me this. And so, Lord, I just want to convey it in the best way I can, and the only way I can do that is to give it over to you. So, Father, let us receive tonight. Let us uh, let us rejoice tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I would have to say most of us like to be liked. It's that's more I think a, a relationship type thing is more women than it is men. Guys are okay with relationships, but it's not, you know, it's not the bomb. It's not the last of the Mohicans. You know, we're more, we're more, uh, um, respect accomplishments. You know, we, 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 what, you know, we accomplished this. We did this. We're always, you know, did I, did I, did I measure up? Uh, did I do well? Did I win? You know, that type of thing. So the women are more relational and the guys are more hands-on. Okay. Is that, is that simple enough? But neither one of us want to fail. But as a man, I can say I wouldn't want to fail more than my wife just because I'm supposed to be the head of the house. I'm the leader and everything like that. So you, you don't want to fail. And not, you know, not once, not a couple times, not anything like that. We want to be successful in anything we do. Anything we touch, we want to do it well. That's why how many times have we as guys, now you can raise your hand if, you're, if you got your big boy pants on. 
Girls, you can, you can do this too. How many times did you not do something because you weren't sure if you could do it right or when? And uh, I'm just going to sit out. I'll watch y'all. I mean, I've done that before. Amen. Well, we, you know, I don't. I ain't going to play if I can't win. It's well. I mean, you know, we, we all. I don't care how old. I'm 54 years old, and I still. I'm a. I'm a little baby sometimes when it comes to things. So that's enough, Richard. It's typically though when we don't live up to our expectations, or maybe someone else's, your boss, your wife, your kids, your pastor, <clears throat> uh, whatever it might be. You know. That's when regret sets in. And how I mean that is, okay, you've got, you have got a thing that you didn't do right. You failed at this thing, okay? Well, if we let that fester up enough, it turns into regret. Then we sit there and we regret, well, I didn't, I didn't get this done, so this happened. And if I hadn't failed, this, I'd never be in this position right here. And so a lot of times that turns... Men, I'm going to say men because I'm a man, I'm not a woman, but it'll turn a man off to just not to venture out. I'm comfortable. That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to do my eight to five. I'm going to go home, get my chair, eat my supper, pet the dog, and go to bed. Anybody been there? I've been there before. I've been in that rut to where that's all I want to do. That's I just I don't want to do nothing else. I'm not venturing off. And you don't want that regret to sit in. You know, I wish I had done this or I should have done that or why didn't I do this you know we we shouldn't be worried about asking ourselves that question because if God blesses us with another day to throw our feet on the floor that means he's got something for us to do and it ain't got nothing to do with us amen the story of Samson is in in the book of Judges like I said starting about chapter 13 and going uh going to 16 to where he finally uh leaves this earth so to speak samson i would have to say is the poster child for the i wish i could have uh would have should have foundation okay his greatest tragedy was that he failed to be all that he could have been he didn't give it a chance to see what he could have been he just decided to eh, whatever i'm gonna do it this way and you know if he had just been willing to learn from his mistakes the first time, I don't think he would have ended up the way he ended up. I think there would have been a whole different story there. Now, I know we're not supposed to rewrite history or anything like that, but you wonder sometimes what would have happened if, you know, how, how many times have we sat there and wondered, man, I'll, I'll take me for instance. I got saved at 17 years old in my high school gym to a group that came. They were at a Baptist church across the street from the school. And there was some kind of missionary team, and they came through. Of course, they couldn't say anything about Jesus in the school or anything like that. They came and sang, and, and they encouraged and everything like that. And I got saved in the gym uh, exit door, little four-year thing. I remember like it was yesterday. But it was so many years past 17 that I took it serious. I thought, okay, I got my get out of hell free card. I, I, that's what you're supposed to do. Cause I didn't have any discipling. I didn't have anybody in my family that at that time that knew anything about Jesus. I wasn't sure they could spell Jesus, you know, because, Oh, Jesus, get out of the house, you know? And I had an uncle who lived for the world. The first half of his life, the second half of his life, he lived for the Lord. But after he got saved, and I always loved him. I wanted to be like him. He was just a big salesman and had all the money and all this and that. But he would scare the crap out of you when he came to talk to you about Jesus when he first got saved. To the point to where I'd have probably got saved at 13. 
But he scared me to death so bad, I didn't want nothing. Oh, if I got to be like that, I ain't want nothing, Jesus. He turned into a freak, you know. I don't want nothing. I'm gonna come back, you old Uncle Keith. Get back in here. But it was, you know, that was all in God's plan. You know, and and and, and Samson, if we could be like King David, and let me, if we go back and look at King David, he made a bunch of uh, bonehead decisions, okay? But the cool part about David that we don't follow is that you never see where David did it again. Once David was scolded by the Lord, once David did the whatever he did, you never you never heard of him doing it again. We are so habitual as people. I work at a rehab. Dude, if if addiction isn't just over and over and over again until until God gets a hold of you in a special way, it's just like that what do they call that? A turnstile, the one you know, revolving door, you know, it just goes around you get caught in it. And it's and it's and sometimes it's so sad because you see these guys that really they've got the mind, oh I wanna I don't want this no more. I don't want to do this anymore. But they don't have the heart and the mind haven't lined up with Jesus, so they don't know how to get out of it. And as long as they're in that rut, then the devil's got he said, Man, I come, I'm gonna keep you in this door. You don't know whether you're coming or going. Right? <clears throat> King David didn't do that. King David learned and didn't do the same stuff twice. Uh, Samson, early in his career, he was dedicated to God. He was a great warrior. He was exceedingly strong. He killed many soldiers. He was a man of faith. He killed a lion. He broke the big metal bands. You know, he could just bust out of them. He carried off the gates of Gaza. But then later on in his career, after he kind of let the world in and uh, convinced him to do this and all this and that, he lost his dedication. He was deceived by a woman. That's not, not don't throw nothing. Don't don't look at me like that, Becky. And this is this this particular version here says he had his eyes burned out. Sometimes some versions say they were gouged out. He lost his eyes. Okay, that's all he lost his eyes. He was imprisoned and had his hair shaved. He was left by the Lord. Basically, the Lord just said, Hey, you know, you're doing your thing. Like he does us. Does he not do us that if we decide, man, I'm just gonna walk off into the world for a while? He lets us, don't he? Uh, boy, if you go back, you go back and change time to how I am now compared to what I was at seventeen. I'd have, I'd have just give me more, give me more, give me more. He never fulfilled his potential, and he lost his anointing. For a man or a woman, our greatest fear is failure. Sometimes we're afraid to step out and do something because we're afraid we're going to fail, and. Isn't it cool, though, the times that you do step out and you're scared to death and it is it is a success, you go, <laughs> man, that felt good. I'm, I'm going to do it again. I think that's what God wants us to think. Quit being scared. Just because you get over this hurdle doesn't mean there's not going to be another hurdle in front of you. I think that's why he calls it a journey. We have stuff, but we can use what we learned at this last hurdle to get over the next hurdle. And you learn more, and then boom, by the time, you know, by that time, you're just you're slapping Satan in the face saying, get out of my way, baby, I'm gone. And that's the way it ought to be. That's the way we should be walking. We should be walking in that authority. <clears throat> our greatest fear is failure, and our greatest pain is regret. I'm going to tell you a regret story. I'm not going to tell you no names because of HIPAA laws and all that stuff. But I have got a gentleman that just recently came into the center. 
And this is one of them guys that you go, how did you grow that big? I mean, he is just a big man, big man. I think his shoes are your size, but he's, he's taller than you. He's a bigger man. We just call him Mo. I ain't going to tell you what his real name is, but we just call him Mo. Mo has the love of the Lord in his heart, but due to circumstances, he has let the world get to him, catch up to him enough to where he tried to commit suicide not too long ago and he slit his wrists. Still wearing the bandages now. He's gone through he's gone through recovery and everything like that to where he's healing and everything like that. But he came into my uh he came into my office. We called my office the dugout. Because I'm a baseball fan, and so that's what all the guys refer to it as. And he shut the door and he said, Can I talk to you, Pastor Chad? I said, Sit down, buddy. And uh it wasn't the it wasn't the thought that Jesus didn't love him anymore or that he wasn't going to go to heaven anymore. He was so regretful of what he had done that he couldn't get that out of his mind. And I said to you, I said, I said to Mo, I said, buddy, look at it. Look at it this way, dude. I said, number one, you're sitting here in front of me. That means the devil didn't succeed in taking you out. Okay. I said, as for this, we're going to pray. And we did. We prayed both of us. Just, it was a snot fest. We cried. I mean, but it was so good. This big, massive man just sat there and cried like a baby. And he knew that God had taken that away from him before he left the dugout. It was awesome, man. I mean, that you guys, if you guys could do my job one day and have a day like that, you'd want to be there every day like I do. Because it is just so, and then it's amazing. I say it's addicting and I work in a rehab. But it's it is it's it's an okay addiction, you know. It's a good addiction. But by the time we got done, that regret had disappeared. I said, "Man, this is a testimony for you now that the devil didn't take you out." And by but by sitting here and going, "He never going to forgive me," I said, "You're just still giving him all the glory, as though he took you out." And as long as you're consumed by that, you can't do what God wants you to do. Dude, the light went on. You could see the light go off in his in his head. You were just like, yeah, because he. You could tell he had the Lord. You could tell he grew up with the Lord. He was in church and stuff. You could tell he just had. He's got that kind of spirit. There's something about them big dudes that come in, even though they might have this or that wrong. Man, they got they got the biggest hearts because I think they're the biggest dudes. But they're just. Uh, I, I love them. I just thank you. I, I thank God for just the the uh, opportunity to be able to sit and talk with these guys. Have you ever failed? If yes, cheer up. Cheer up. You're in good company. There's a lot of of big names out there, a lot of people we don't know of that failed. But look at them now type of thing. You know what I'm saying? The ones that aren't failing aren't trying. So how do we go out and learn how to tell somebody about Jesus without falling on your face the first few times? And then you realize, hey man, all I need is my testimony. I don't, I, I don't, my testimony and a few and a few words from the Bible to back my play, and I can witness to anybody I want to. I can talk to anybody. It's just that fear of maybe getting it from my wife. She can't stand to get up in front of me. <laughs> Turn the mic up. <laughs> she don't like it. She says, "You got all that. You and Kaylee got all that." Or you know, I don't, I don't need to do it. Well, okay. 
maybe you shouldn't do it. No, I'm kidding. When she does get up, she does fine. She just thinks it's one of them things as to where, well, I'm not this eloquent speaker. Crap, I'm not either. I ain't no Billy Graham. I don't claim to be one. I ain't going to be one. I'm, I'm just Chad, and that's who he wants me to be. No matter how bad or how much you've messed up your life, you didn't do it worse than Samson. Did Samson bring shame on himself? Oh, yeah. Have we brought shame on ourselves? Oh, yeah. And your family and your mom and your dad. But he did so much worse. Dude, he let down a nation. He let down a nation. Okay? I ain't seen none of y'all on the news where he let down a nation. None of you. Maybe the ones that just come on Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But but it's Wednesday, guys. We got this together. Not. Not. I'm joking. I'm playing. How many times have we derailed ourselves? We think we got it going on. Cruising on down. Bam. Why did I get here? I've been, I've been, I've been going to church. Oh, well, so what? You going for a fashion show? You going? You going for status? You going for how many times you made it in this month? Or are you going because you want to get fed by the Word of God so you can go tell somebody about it? See, I've always referred to, to church as your gas station. This is where we come get filled up because you should be empty by the time you get back on Wednesday. You should be empty again by the time you get back on Sunday. Because you got I gotta have some more so I can give it out. Amen. Amen. Samson derailed time and time and time and time again till he lost everything. Everything. I like it uh, going back up here to where uh, where if we've messed up, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Okay, that's Proverbs twenty four sixteen. Yeah, he lost everything. But in capital letters, I got here three letters or six letters. But God. Okay. God wasn't done with him yet. I'm going to read part of this. I'm going to go to uh, Judges 16, starting in 23. The Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their god, Dagon. They said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Well, you know, the party went on throughout the night. You know how parties do, people get drunk. So by this time, they were half drunk. The people demanded, hey, let's bring out Samson, man. Let's let him amuse us. So he was brought out from the prison to amuse them. And they had him stand between the pillars that supported the roof of the cathedral, the, the, what do you call it? The, uh, the who? The Colosseum, that's it, yeah. Down here in Memphis. No, I'm just kidding. Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest again against them. Now the temple was completely full with people, and the Philistine all the Philistine rulers were there, 
And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. It doesn't say what Samson did to amuse them. But it's coming. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had done in his entire lifetime. Now I'm going to refer back to verse 22. Because this is where the victory is, right here. Because it doesn't matter where you might be or what you might have done. Because we're all like Samson. It says in verse 22, But before long, his hair began to grow back. Now what of this is your hair? What is the one thing that's going to come back in you that's going to make you stand up and be the man you're supposed to be or woman you're supposed to be of God? Who, what God created you to be. Not what the world or the TV or the, the press or any kind of form of media, Snapchat, whatever you call all this, all this social junk that's out there now that I think is, is bad, if not worse than some of the drugs the guys take to get into my center. People are walking out into traffic. People are walking into walls because they can't take their eyes off a device. Kids don't grow up like we did. They don't go outside and play. They don't build forts out of the sticks and leaves and stuff that's in your yard or in the field over here like I did and have a fit if you take that thing away from them. That's addiction, people. That's addiction. But God wasn't done with Samson. But before long, his hair began to grow back. That's something you should get excited about because every one of us have that something in us. Maybe something physical, maybe something mental, and maybe something whatever that people know is your your thing. Like if God was to take away or, or say the devil came one day and he decided he was going to take me, take my voice away or take my hands where I couldn't play guitar anymore. I've been playing guitar for over 40 years. I don't know what I'd do. When I lost my fingertip back when Austin was about five and a half months old, six months old, I thought, oh, it's the end. It's the end. I can't finger pick no more. And it crushed me for the longest time because I didn't know if I would be able to play again. But praise God. But God. Just because you're down and out. <laughs> this ain't going to last long, Pastor. Just because you're down and out doesn't mean you're out. You're, you are out. Just because you're at the, you might be, be in the skids or something like that. I tell the guys all the time when they show up, especially the homeless ones. Those to me are the ones that I have, I guess, if you're, if I was to have more compassion on, it's the ones that have been out there for a long time. I ain't talking to some guy like I was. I was homeless for about three and a half months. I had to sleep on a park bench out in Washington state because I was too proud to call my dad for help. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a fun time. I'd served my country. I'd got out of the military, and I was on a park bench in Puget Sound National Park. 
It is what it is. I thank God that I, he kept me alive. Amen. Pride will, pride will eat you up. Pride will mess you up. Pride will hurt you sometimes. Okay. But the homeless ones that have been out there for years or the ones that are, were homeless for years and they come in and they stay for six, eight, nine months. I got to get back out there because it's a way of life. It's a way of life for some of these people. Misty and I ministered to a lady years ago downtown, and uh, her name was Mary. And Mary had conditions to where she got a government check every month, okay, to where she knew she was getting this money, and, it, and but she wasn't she wasn't in going to no shelter. She slept on the street. She had she was the proverbial one and had the grocery cart and had all the bags in it and everything. Tough as nails, tough as nails. And one night she got uh, attacked by a young man, and he buried a screwdriver in the back of her head and left her for dead, and took her check. She had just cashed her check, took the money. Well, they say she was kind of schizo or something. I think that was part of why she got a check, was schizophrenic, okay? But Mary wasn't as dumb as everybody thought. Because Mary never slept or never laid down unless she was in view of a security camera. She'd always sleep by an ATM or she'd sleep someplace where she knew there was a camera right where she was. But it didn't take them three days and they found the boy, found the money. He's in jail. She lived. We got up three in the morning, went downtown to the, to the hospital to see her. All right, Mary, when you get out of here, we're going to, you ain't taking me nowhere, preacher. And I bet you 10 to one odds right now, if I was a betting man, I could drive downtown right now and find her. I just know. Oh, that ain't mine this time. <clears throat> that was, that was me the other day. It's on that Sunday, but I didn't mean, I didn't mean to, um, but I know I could find that woman. So there's there's a lifestyle that these people, there's a, there's a community. It's a homeless community where these people are all together. But those are the ones that, well, I guess I have more compassion when they come in because I want, you just, you want to fix them. I mean, it's because it's not, a, sometimes it's not an addiction thing. It's just they're homeless. And they range anywhere from 23 years old up. I, I've got, I've got all ages in there that are like that. But just because we're down, we're not out. Even in our failures, God can accomplish His purpose. What's the word say? In our weakness, He shows Himself strong. Amen? And I see guys. I see guys that come through the center, man, and it's awesome to see them go through the whole thing, graduate strong, recite their 50 verses, and just proud of themselves, you can tell. And then there's others that you know you're going to see again. Or the ones that will get up close to it and they'll get scared to death and they take off. And then you'll see them again. There's guys that, I mean, that revolving door is, is just as just as viable at the Warrior Center as it is on the drug scene or the homeless scene over here, wherever. The crack house downtown, wherever. Okay? It's just that way because they don't want to give up. They don't want to give in. They don't want to do what God wants them to do so they don't see their potential, just like Samson. Okay? He never, he, I say he never, I don't think he ever reached his potential. He kind of got it back there at the end, but what, what would have happened? What could have happened? You know, you wonder sometimes. Samson finally used his strength to, to uh, 
uh, for God's purposes instead of his own. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. Everybody's going through something. I know everybody's got some issue that, that you would like to see different. None of us none of us have that, it's a wonderful life type thing, you know. None of, we don't. I mean, nobody does. As much as, we, as much as we come on sometimes to come to church and put on the church face. Hi. Welcome to church, brother. It's, it's so good to see you. And they look like they're constipated or something. I don't know where they get this face at, but it can't be church. You know what I'm saying? God gave you that face. Oh, it's good to see you. Please. Those are the ones you just want to go, come out of here. Come out of him, devil. Come out of him. But I just you got to be, be careful. You got to be careful. You want different results? That's the question. You want different results? Then do something different. Kind of simple. You know, there's really nothing in the Word of God that's really so difficult that we can't do. He ain't that kind of guy. He's got our back. All we got to do is just do it. So ask yourself, do you want different results? Then, then do something different. Do something different. Don't, what, what do they say insanity is? Expecting different results. That's what, yeah, that's it. If you're a Christian, a believer, Jesus freak, whatever you call yourself, you have resurrection power within you. You know, it's sad. It's, I've, I've told the guys so many times at the Warrior Center that we don't walk in what we've got. We don't. I mean, we're, we're so commercialized through TV and through stuff like that. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't even, we haven't even tapped into the authority that God has given us. You know, when you see, or when you hear, when you read the Word of God from Jesus and He tells the disciples, okay, I'm, I'm taking off, but you guys are going to do what I did and greater things. Okay, you sit down and you think a minute, okay. He turned water into wine. He, he raised Lazarus from the dead. What's greater than raising someone from the dead? Well, see, I just turned into one of them dumb people. Because I'm just dumb enough to try to figure out what it is. Okay, God, I'll follow you. I want to see, I want to see what is that greater thing. I can't I can't think of anything in my mind that is greater than raising someone from the dead. Come on. I think we'd all freak out as Christians and run away. We'd get scared. I ain't lying. I know a lot of Christians that would just get up and hightail it. Tap into it, guys. Tap into that. Don't just try to be a stronger man or woman. Satan loves making strong men weak. Part of his gig. But God. God is in the business of making weak men and women strong. Don't say you're going to be a better man or woman. Be a God man or woman. Because like I said in the beginning of this thing, you ain't ever going to measure up if you're doing it on your own. If you're doing it by yourself, you ain't. Sorry. 
hate to hate to hate to be the spoiler here, but you ain't you ain't gonna measure up. Stop telling your story and start telling his. And you watch the mountains move. You watch the miracles happen. I will tell this guy's name because he's gone from the center. This guy was just the coolest guy in the world. John Jones was his name. He's 64 years old. Just a little bitty frame black man from South Mississippi. One of the coolest spirits you ever want to be around. Even when he came into the center as an alcoholic and drug addict, he was still just one of the kindest spirits. He just kind of he just kind of migrated over. You want to hear what John had to say? Okay. John graduated the program quite a few months ago, and stood there. I mean, it was so. I see guys that that finish strong, and they're yeah. And then I see guys that aren't so strong, and they just barely finish. And it's 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 all in how you want it and how you want to finish. And we encourage, man, be like Paul, finish strong. Man, let's do this thing. You know, David and I are always on, finish strong, finish strong. But John could not give any credit to anybody but Jesus. And he told his testimony. In the graduation, you tell your testimony, how you, you know, we don't want to glorify the devil too much, but what brought you here and what changed you? And I stood there that night listening to his his testimony and cried like a baby. Because God had done something in him. More than anybody I had seen before. There was good, strong graduates that I've seen before. but And John wasn't so much the strong, you know, t- but God changed that man. He would get to a point to where he would start talking, and he would just stop and go, Jesus, and start crying. Because he knew God changed him. That's where we got to go, guys. We got to quit with us. If we continue with us all the time, people get tired of hearing about you. Don't you? I mean, think about all the, the, the stars and stuff on TV and all these stupid TV shows that are on about the, the paparazzi and all these news things. Well, so-and-so got married last week and they got divorced two days ago. Okay, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what kind of underwear they wear or what they eat for breakfast. You know, I don't. But how... The devil has sucked a generation into that. You know, Pastor said it at the nursing home there uh, Sunday. Them people we were sitting in front of were the greatest generation. They didn't have that junk. I'm not saying they didn't have their hang-ups. But I'm concerned as a grandfather now. I mean, I got a 7-year-old grandson, a 2-year-old granddaughter. And I still got a 16-year-old daughter and, and, and youth back there. What's it going to be? <laughs> if God tarries, what's it going to be when Jackson gets in high school? I mean, the devil tried to take out my son in high school and shortly thereafter. But God. There is no one who can tell me that prayer is not as powerful as the Word. No way. You can't tell me that my fighting is not with these, but it's on these. 
Because my son didn't get taken out. Just like Mo. The devil didn't get him either. Clean for six months. Working a job. Coming home, talking to dad, hugging dad. Ooh, you'll get me to crying like a girl here in a minute. I waited two and a half years for that. Failure is not a person. Failure is an event. Now that event can take you out or that event can make you stronger. But failure ain't a person. Austin didn't fail. Mo didn't fail. It was just something that happened. Now what are we going to do with that? God saved you from what could have happened. Now what are you going to do? Hey man, it's a two-way street with anything. It's a two-way street with anything, y'all. God gave. You can't outgive him. You can't outdo him. But man, I'm going to keep on trying. Die to yourself so you can live for him. That should be something every day. I get up every morning, and it's tough. Where I work is I, I deal with uh, I deal with a lot of personalities. I have 60, 63 men in the house right now. And they're all home. Nobody's on a trip. Nobody's going nowhere. They're all in the house. But you know, God's at work when you've got that many men under one roof and there ain't no fighting, there ain't no fussing. There might be a little grumbling, but crap, that happens at your house. Amen? I hate that dog. I wish he'd leave. Clean this up. Okay, honey, I'll get it done. I mean, it's like that at the Warrior Center, too. We're just a big, happy family. But to be able to have that many men under the same roof, would you get up for just a second? And walk toward me. We're going down the hallways, and we're always doing this. Or we're, hey, man, what's going on? I love you, buddy. Love you too, Pastor Chad. And we just keep on trucking. I wish I had a dollar for every time I fist bumped somebody or told them I loved them at the Warrior Center. I could probably retire by now. I ain't been there but 18 months. But you know, what I told Mo what I told Mo the other night, I said, buddy, I said he said, Well, you just seem like you're the real deal. Well, that blesses me. That means okay, I'm I'm showing Jesus. Because if if I was showing Chad, he wouldn't he, the real deal. Yeah, you, you screwed up, baby. Because that's what that, that's Chad. But Chad with Jesus may be the real deal. But it's still not that's not, not a finished thing. Because every day, every day. But I, I, I can tell you this. I am 54 years old. I've had a lot of jobs in my life. I've done a lot of things in my life. But 18 months after being at a job, you either hate it or it's okay. I can't wait to get back. It's not, it's not work to me. Because God's put me there. Okay? I didn't go looking for this. Every time I tried to get David to convince me to put me on the, on the payroll, it, it never worked out because it wasn't time. But all in God's timing, guys. We have got 
to die to us and live for him. It's the only way you're going to reach people because if you are about you, it ain't going to take long for someone to know it. Arrogance, arrogance isn't something that's easily hid. But you know what's, what is cool, though, is when you see that arrogance break off somebody and that whole new person comes out. Amen? Ain't God good? What? Y'all sleeping? Ain't God good? Thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, Y'all pray for the men, please, at the Warrior Center. Good bunch of guys. I tell you what, I've been there, been there, like I said, 18 months now. We we ain't had a better house. And uh, I'm so proud of each and every one of them. They're like my kids. I can't wait to get back to them and see. And then I can't wait to get home and see my kids and my wife and stuff like that. I I think it's pretty cool. And uh, and then get to work, getting to work with with Pastor Guy and Soul Food and, and the guys, you know, Tony and all of us. I mean, I get to work with my daughter. I'll tell you what, I'm a blessed man. And uh, uh, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, look at Chad, that's that's God. Because there have been so many times that Chad tried to figure things out and do it his way that it, it just, you know, it, it didn't work out and it wasn't gonna as long as I was running the boat. So praise God for Jesus. Praise God for 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 just everything that He has done. Everything He shows us through His Word, it it grows us, guys. We need to grow. We need to grow. We need to. It's not so much the church. I'm talking. We need to grow because you don't know what's going to get thrown at you tomorrow. But if you're in here, I had a pastor who one of my mentors. He's going on to be with the Lord now. We we did a lot of uh, inner city ministry downtown. <clears throat> He said, don't worry about anything. As long as you can back it up with the Word, you ain't got to worry about nothing else. You don't need anything else. And I've, and I've he's been dead for 15 years now, but it's, it's the truth. You don't have to argue it. I suggest you don't. And there's a lot of people that want to, but don't. Don't argue. Walk away from it. It is the truth. Simply put, it's the truth. Let's get more of it in us. You said it's so cool, man. You said it's so cool. Tattooing it. It should be tattooed on our heart. We shouldn't have, you know, there, there's places that don't have Bibles. There's places you get killed if you find, they find one on you. People that carry around parts of Bibles and keep it hid. And if they get caught, they're going to prison. Or, and we take all this for granted, guys. We can go out and buy one every day we want to. But what she said was so profound. It needs to be here. Well, it don't get here unless we get it here. Here's by reading it. Then this has all got to line up. And when it does, get out the way, baby. Yeah, I come. Amen. God bless y'all. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.